hello and welcome to this live reaction edition of Talk of the Trinity podcast. I am Baz Barrett. With me is Will Talk of the Trinity Forest. He is otherwise occupied behind the wheel, both in terms of his opinions, but also literally because he's driving us home. So, you know, safe driving, everybody. And also, we are joined in the backseat, quite literally in the backseat, by Jake. He, he is here, you know, the number one Villa fan under the age of 15, and he will be contributing his Villa opinion during the course of this live reaction show. And we are here driving away from Villa Park after Villa 4, Southampton nil, And... Will, has, you, know, you may have heard in the background, that's his reaction right now. I think we could end the podcast. We, we don't need any verbal opinion. But it's, it's one of those situations you can't argue with such a comprehensive win. But the scoreline doesn't tell the entire story. I mean, literally, me and Will and Jake, you know, we're that good a fan base. We're on the opposite end of the stadium, quite literally. So, Will... From your side, on the Trinity Road, as you should be, as Mr. Talker Trinity, how did you see the game? Um, I it was it was an exciting game in many ways. I thought it was a it was a good performance. I don't think we were entirely dominant. Southampton had a lot more of the ball than us, and I'd be surprised if our if our percentage was more than forty. Um, Though we looked comfortable, didn't we? We took our chances at the right time. Those three goals within the space of about 10 to 15 minutes, either side of half-time. Um, the fact that we got people on the score sheet who needed those confidence boosters as well was was great to see. Um, all in all, though, let's be realistic, it could have been about 6-1 when you think of the couple of chances that Mr. Philip Coutinho missed. I mean, I nearly threw Jake onto the pitch at one point and he put the ball wide. What well, was that, Jake? Coutinho. Oh. <laughs> that, that, talk about a great deflection. But uh, the point you're making there in terms of where what I saw from the game from my side of the stadium was it was clinical. I think in terms of, so it, could, it could have been six. So we scored four. We took chances when we can. And when the right time as well. I mean, from what I saw in terms of, I thought we were the better team in the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, you know, I think that may be a slightly divisive opinion. We scored when we needed to. I thought Watkins, great finish with a great, great turn. I mean, I think the defender left him kind of a lot of space, but, yeah. you know, he can only do what he can do in that situation. And for the rest of the first time, I thought Southampton, as you said, I think Southampton had most of the ball about really threatening, about doing very much, but hit them right when we needed to, just before half time. Then Coutinho could have made it 3 0, game over. And then second half, hit them when we needed to, first 10 minutes, and then you're looking at that situation, you're 4 0 up after 55 minutes. However good the opposition is, however good they're thinking they're playing, how lucky it is. You're thinking 4 0 down, 55. It's like, okay, let's keep the scoreline respectable. And it was a ruthless performance. That's what I thought. I mean, in terms of, I think we played better and lost, <laughs> in all honesty. But, you know, we've, we've talked about it previously. This new regime in charge, it's about ruthlessness, it's about 
we're going to take chances when we can. And that was the perfect summing up, uh, I thought, of what we're looking to do in terms of that game. So I'm going to pass this over to Jade now. Jade, what did you think of the game? I think... I think Aston Villa was a better team, except for the, like, last 25 minutes of the... I think, yeah, for the last 25 minutes of the first half, um, Southampton was a better team and they had more possession, but I think that's because we were 1-0 we we off. I think we were just thinking, let's try and keep it like this until half-time. But then, even though Southampton were on top and had that ball of possession, still went on to score the second goal in the 44th minute, which was good on half-time. That was always kind of mess up the manager's talk. He was already thinking it through his head. On the sideline, you can walk off and you go to school with them. Well, just to change all that. So I think it's quite good that we did score um, just on half-time. Yes, second goal there just for half time, absolutely vital. And talking about two goals on a score sheet, Ollie Watkins, yes. Danny Ings, oh my man, yes, both scoring goals. And if you got a two-man strike force, I mean, it, it sounds pretty stupid to say, it, but you both, you want them both to be scoring goals because that seems like a you know, that's why you want for a partnership, you both hanging them in. <laughs> but in terms of a partnership, did did you see an example of this game being an evolution of a partnership, or was it very much from your perspective, Will, two individualistic performers, both looking to score, both getting their goals, but not really much of an example of a partnership. How, how did you see it from your perspective? I was pleased with the partnership today. It's not exactly a Sheringham Shearer or a Niall Quinn, Kevin Phillips, big man, little man, you get the goals, I'll do the other stuff and I'll chip in with one every now and again. It is very much a two number nine to Les Ferdinand, Alan Shearer, Newcastle partnership where you expect both of them to be scoring goals for you. Today, they seem like they started a little bit wider and they were making runs infield behind the Southampton defenders. They were crossing over a lot. There was a lot of talking to one another on the pitch. The beauty of being on the second row from the front in the Trinity was that you could you could hear them talking to each other and, and see it very clearly. And the, the other thing is, we've mentioned before, Watkins has got the ball and he maybe hasn't looked for Ings runs at times. And Ings hasn't done the same with Watkins, but they were doing it today. Ings was very good at peeling off towards the back post when Watkins was getting the ball on the right. He was also good at flicking the ball on and Watkins reading where the runs, where the ball was going to run to. And I think it, it goes to show really that they did work more for each other. Maybe it's because they're both the number nines now and one of them isn't having to um, appease the other. However... And I don't know whether you noticed this, Baz, but it's something that Jake picked up on in the game. Whenever we did score, um, whenever we did score from the second, third and fourth goal, that is not the first one, so not every time, but when we scored our last three goals, Gerard would say to Ings, just drop in and go more to that number 10. So it sort of turned back to 
the 4-3-2-1 with Buendia and Ings behind Watkins at those points. But then when, we, when we'd weathered the storm for five minutes or so, and there wasn't a lot of time really to weather the storm, in between the, the third and the fourth, we went back to a, a two-pronged attack. And it, it was promising. Would it work against Leeds? Yeah, I think it could do. And when you play against the West Ham side, who were who were on a bit of a rocky patch, but probably realised that the best team to play when you're on a rocky patch is Aston Villa, as goes to show with Southampton today, don't play Villa when you're doing quite well. Maybe having Watkins and Ings both up front against their solid enough back four will do us the world of good and help us to get a result that uh, only a few weeks ago we would have thought was nigh on impossible. I think, from my perspective, the goal that Watkins scored and the goal that Ings scored very much sum up very individually what they both bring to the team. Watkins, you know, he was a bit off, you know, getting the first header, hold up play, I mean, spun the defender perfectly, comfortably, I think a bit too easy from the Southampton perspective, and a great finish. Whereas Ings, it was very much instinctive. Yeah. Like cross came in, first time finish, bang, bottom corner, and, and that's what really what we've been saying pretty much through the entire season. To be honest, I mean Ings is the more natural, instinctive finisher. I mean, we talked about it. You, you mentioned it earlier in terms of Ings isn't doing the most running around in, in the entire world. You know he's getting himself in those positions to finish, and he did today. And Watkins is the one who, you know, if you're looking at work rate as the number one important factor in terms of your striker, which depends on the system, it might very well be. That's what Watkins contributes. And it's going to be interesting to see moving forward how you can accommodate two very, they're very different in styles, to be fair. I mean, yeah, two very individualistic performances today, two very individually goals, summing up how they both play, but you know, in, in terms of if, if you're a Villa fan, if they're both scoring you don't really care how they're going in, you know, in terms of unless you're having an absolute nightmare defensively, if you're scoring two goals a game, you're going to be getting more wins than not so, it'll be interesting to see in terms of whether Gerard continues with his formation, his 4-3-1-2 and to be honest, you know, you mentioned Leeds on Thursday. They're not exactly in the greatest run of form. And we've played this formation two games, scored six, conceding none, two wins. You've got to think we're going to be giving another run out on Thursday. Well, you'd hope so, definitely. I think I'd, I'd, I'd argue the point, and I do so respectfully. I think Ings works very hard off the ball. As well, a lot of tracking back today, a lot of tackles he was putting in. There was one bone crunching tackle he put in in the first half. Was it because it was against Southampton? Potentially. Um, I very respectfully celebrated his goal. You know, didn't want to jump up and down. Luckily, the rest of the bit of players uh, jumped up and down enough to uh, <laughs> make up for it. I mean, from a from a world class midfield point of view, and I'm not talking about Philippe Coutinho here. Because we've got an absolutely world-class midfielder in the car with us. We've got captain of Cabri Athletic, Andre Evans, Jake. Jake. Oh, it's probably going to say me, 
Uh, well, you're a little bit too old for the under-11s nowadays, aren't you? You're more walking football as a, as a on wheelchair football. Um, Jake, if you're playing in midfield, are Rings and Watkins working hard enough for you? Or do you think that they're just two predators who will stick the ball in the back of the net? I feel like if we're basing it on you, Jake, and not usually, Okay, yes, they both drop in to help get the ball. They're both very helpful strikers and they, and they, they can both score their goals. And then, if you're going off of today, if you're going off of today, I feel like Watkins is a lot more helpful because obviously, like, he hurt, he hurt his knee at the start. And yes, he did run it off.
defender as a very good performer. For me, he was man of, he was he was the best villa performer to be honest. I mean he was solid. He did what he needed to do. I mean I think there was one tackle where, you know, he kind of well, he got books then deserves to get books. Actually <laughs> kind of lunging in on the edge of the penalty area. But considering you have to achieve he wasn't expecting to be playing when he got up today. I thought it was a very solid performance and we were having a talk before the game in terms of type uh, in terms of Callum Chambers and, you know, his value to the squad. Considering he came in on what we are led to believe is a free transfer, being able to slot in and give that performance I I think it's very good indeed. I think we have to give the highest credit. Oh, definitely. And I'll be completely honest with you. For my tea tonight, I'm going to have a side of chips with my words that I'm eating. Um, you know, Callum Chambers was a very solid performance today. It was his best performance in the Villa shirt. He, he played well against Watford, to be fair, until he made a mistake that led towards the goal in that transition. And Ashley Young as well was at fault for the Watford winner. So Chambers looked assured. He looked everything that you'd expect him to look. He's not exactly Esri Concer in regards to um, potential and calmness and, and whatnot on the ball, but he's a very, very good understudy for the team, and he he did put in a solid enough performance. I will, though, and you, you mentioned it, it's strange to pick a defender as your man the match. I picked a defender as my man the match. I picked Matty Cash. I thought Matty Cash intercepted the ball very well today. He was a lot more responsible defensively. But he also managed to get forward and win the free kick just before the third goal and set up the fourth one as well. Walker Peters caused him a few problems and so did Brozier towards the end of the game on that side. But not too much. You know, we've we've kept a clean sheet. Um in regards to Man of the Match, though, I mean, that, that's two opinions. Jake, who was your Man of the Match? I, for me, my, my Man of the Match was Ollie Watkins. He was, he was everywhere we needed him to be. When we, need, when we needed him to score, he scored. And I just, he was, he was helping, he was helping his options when he needed to. And I just think he was, I just think he was, he was our best player today. And, Speaking of everywhere you need to be, that perfect sums up Talker Trinity podcast and also Talker Trinity Twitter, Talker Trinity on our audio channels. We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Geezer, Deezer, Bridge Freezer. Yep, some others. We signed, we, we signed, <laughs> we signed up to Plan Hub. We're there. We're everywhere. And, you know, like us, all over the Southampton goal today, absolutely swarming in terms of our precision finishing. And you know, that sums up absolutely perfectly. Our post-match review of Villa Southampton, Villa 4, Southampton 0, absolutely great to be able to report in the aftermath of the game an absolutely dominant result, <laughs> to be fair. And hopefully, you know, two clean sheets in a row Onwards and upwards, you know, in terms of it maybe taking a little bit of time, but 
you know, we got we we got Leeds Thursday. I mean, we'll be giving our full Leeds preview later on towards the game, but seeing the very confident ahead of Thursday, you got to say after that. Definitely, providing that uh, Luke Dean or Edgar Hunter don't go sneezing on Philip Coutinho, I'm incredibly confident. It was a great win. It was a great day all round, not just because us three got to witness a great Villa win and probably the best Villa win of the Steven Gerrard era. Maybe you could put the Leicester City 2-1 in there as well, arguably. But we also got to meet Dave from the Irish Lions. Dave Martinez dance Dave came over in his green Emmy Martinez shirt as well, which made it all the better. It was it was great to see and meet him. But as you say, um, we're we're here, we're there, we're everywhere, we're everywhere. Talk of the Trinity on uh, YouTube, at Talk Trinity on Twitter, on all of the podcasts that you've mentioned and you can also find us on Little Chocolatey Balls as well apparently from now on but until next time we're going to do a cheers Tar thank you very much I'm Villa till I die up the villa